Hey, I'm Craig. Thanks for joining me on this Friday. Wish it was a happier day. Once again, we wake up to news of a mass shooting, this time in New Zealand. 49 people killed at two separate attacks on two different mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, that took place earlier today. Again, 49 dead, many more injured. There are a number of things about this incident that I want to get into today, a number of things that should be troubling all of us and should inspire some sort of action. A number of people have said, well, this is a world away. We don't have to worry about it. It's not our problem, but it is our problem. It's our problem because this is something that has happened far too frequently in this country. We have yet to take any concrete steps to really do anything about it. I talked a bit about this yesterday on the program. If we can't act after a bunch of school kids get murdered, then we're paralyzed on this issue. But this one, this one is really, really infuriating for a number of reasons. Namely, the 79-page manifesto left behind by one of the perpetrators in which he talks about anti-immigrant sentiments. He talks about anti-Muslim sentiments and talks about a pending war, race war, and also, also gives President Trump some credit for allowing some of these ideas the room to breathe. We'll get into that just a little bit later on because I do think it's important. But I want to start out with this immigration thing. Anybody think it's slightly ironic that a white guy from New Zealand is the person that carries out this attack against immigrants? Because last I checked, pretty much everybody living on New Zealand is an immigrant. We had a rally here in Detroit last night, the Build the Wall rally that took place, in which a bunch of people were talking about curtailing immigration and stopping immigrants from coming into this country. And you had all this fear-mongering about MS-13 and gangs and drugs. That's the stuff that fuels this type of action. Now, I guarantee you, the vast majority, almost everybody at that rally last night has no ideas to ever do anything like this. But when these ideas get room to breathe, people start thinking in extreme ways. This is a problem. And it's not something we want to address. And let's talk about this immigration issue for just a second. All these justifications for shutting down the border, building a wall, keeping immigrants out of our country, because they're different, they're scary. They could be an MS-13, they could be, they could be Muslims, they could be terrorists. We hear this time and time again. Every single person in this country, with the exception of the Native Americans, is an immigrant. Your family moved here because, one, where you were living, someone, A, either didn't like you, or B, you had no opportunity. And somebody in your family decided that they were going to go someplace to build a better life for their family, or at least try to. A place where they could be free of religious persecution, free of political oppression, free of monarchy, free of a system that doesn't reward anybody that's not from the right caste. There's a reason that people come to this country, and it's something that we used to freaking honor here. We used to care about it. We used to believe that we were the land of opportunity. Bring us your tired, your hungry, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. We used to believe that. I think most of us still do, but we are allowing. We are allowing those paranoid, angry, and bitter people to dictate our policy right now. And we've got a leader who is indeed emboldening them and talking about this on a daily basis. And his supporters are holding rallies in cities like Detroit trying to raise money for a wall that's not going to do a damn thing to solve the freaking problem. It's not going to do anything. You're worried about drugs. You're worried about gangs. I'll tell you what. 
Next time I hear somebody wax nostalgic about how they had a relative, a great-grandfather who was in the Purple Gang or was in the Mafia or something along those lines, was that not the MS-13 of the day? Were they not killing? Were they not maiming? Were they not dealing drugs, prostitution, numbers, racketeering? Why is that any different than what we're seeing today? It's not. Most people come here not because they want to do that kind of stuff, but because they are looking for a better opportunity for their family, for their lives. Nobody walks across Mexico with all the dangers that that entails and the people that are willing to prey upon these people that are trying to come up here for a better existence. That is a difficult choice to make. Put everything you have on your back and start walking with the hope that maybe, maybe you'll get an opportunity to come to this country and try to do something better with your life. That's what we have stood for for a long time. And we have not always been the most welcoming country. I get that. We have had anti-immigration sentiment since the very founding of this country. The nativist movement back in the 1800s was very significant and led to lots of violence. But when we look at how we've treated immigrants in this country over the years, think about the giant Irish immigration that took place in the 1800s. Half of those people came over here. The first thing we did was slap a rifle in their hand and send them to fight in the front lines of the Civil War. Or here's a pickaxe. Go build a freaking railroad. These were hard lives. Here's a piece of land. Go, go make something out of nothing. This was not an easy choice for people to make. It's never been an easy choice to uproot everything you know and try to start over. But we used to value people that tried. We used to value those that came here to do that. And we also valued that notion of religious freedom so that if you came here, you could worship any way that you wanted. And nobody was going to give you grief about it. Nobody in the government was going to tell you that you couldn't. We have moved away from that. And I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of the rhetoric that I hear in this country on a daily basis about this kind of stuff from people that I know that somehow now, now immigration's bad. I'm always troubled when I hear somebody who has been able to climb up the ladder and the first thing they want to do is pull it up after them so nobody else gets an opportunity. That's the exact opposite of what this country is supposed to be about. We like to say that we're a meritocracy and that people can get by on their own merits. Yet when you look at the college scandal, when you look at our immigration debate, you look at all this kind of stuff, it's nothing but a series of people saying, well, that now that I've made it, nobody else should get the same opportunity. Is it some sort of need to feel superior that is driving all of this? It is some sort of fear that you're going to lose something or that your status in society is going to be altered if indeed the complexion of this nation changes a little bit. I don't know what it is. I don't know what people's problem is with this right now. But I do know that we used to shame people that would put out manifestos like this one. They lived in the underground. Yes, they've always been there. But they were where they belonged, down in the slime, out of public sight, or at least shamed shamed into almost non-existence. It's like the eradication of measles. You know, you get really, really close to getting rid of it and all of a sudden one outbreak and everything can come right back. That's what we're seeing right now. This immigration debate is sort of the anti-vaxxer argument for politics. Enough people have let themselves be open to this idea that it has infected them and it's starting to infect more people. And you start seeing global incidents like this It's not necessarily the United States' fault. I'm not suggesting that's the case at all. 
But these ideas about people who are different than us somehow being a threat, and we start looking at them as a threat as opposed to a potential ally and an asset, that's when we run into problems. And we continue to bury our heads in the sand about what is going on right now in allowing this stuff to foment and grow. Everybody has a responsibility. You've got a crazy uncle who likes to talk a bunch of crap. You know what? Tell him why he's full of it. You can't just sit there and say, well, that's just Bob being Bob anymore. You can't do it. You need to call people out and remind them. Remind them that their story is not much different than the people that they are demonizing right now. And we forget, well, I'm an American. Yeah, you know, somebody in your family came here first. And probably for reasons because they weren't wanted somewhere else. They probably weren't even wanted when they got here. But they persevered. Yet we're not willing to give somebody else that opportunity. We're not willing to think that maybe they're here for the right reasons, that maybe they want the exact same things that you and I enjoy already in this country. Are you freaking serious? Think really, really hard the next time you start thinking about whether or not your neighbor might be a terrorist or that person moving into your neighborhood might be a threat in some capacity. We've seen what that kind of thinking does. It decimates neighborhoods, it poisons minds, and it leads to problems. Segregation, both economic and racial and religious segregation. Rather than finding common ground, we look for things to keep us apart and we continue to allow it to happen. We elect people that basically ran on a platform of division. When you get called out, in a 79-page manifesto by a mass murderer as an inspiration for what he's doing, suggesting that you open the door for this thought and this line of thinking to once again bloom, you should think really hard about what you have done and whether or not you have contributed in some capacity to the coarsening of our society, the coarsening of our discourse, the lack of empathy That exists out there, the lack of sympathy that exists out there, and the lack of compassion that we have for our fellow man. If you are doing something that is increasing the divide, you need to look in the mirror and you need to think really, really hard about what you have unleashed. No, there are not good people on both sides of this kind of a discussion. There are people that are fighting against bigotry and hate. And there are those that are looking to keep it going. There is not middle ground here. There is not nuance. There is no whataboutism on this one. Evil is evil. And you can't sit there and justify what this guy did in New Zealand by saying, well, you know what? Muslims have carried out terrorist attacks around the globe as well. Yes, they have. Those people are just as guilty. They're doing the exact same thing, exploiting people's fear for political gain, sometimes monetary gain, or for some twisted sense as to what the world is supposed to be, some notion of purity that is absolutely atrociously wrong. There is no racial purity in the world. It doesn't exist. We are all human beings. The DNA is the same. Anybody that tells you different is lying to you. Anybody that tells you different is full of it. And if we don't stand up to this type of bigotry and drive it back to where it belongs, then this stuff is going to keep happening. And it's time for us to hold people accountable for this kind of stuff. You can't have entire news networks that are basically thriving on fear and selling fear. I've talked about this I don't know how many times. You cannot have that. Somebody's end times fantasy 
should not be the basis for our political decisions and for our decisions on what we're going to do when it comes to allowing people into this country. Religious bigotry has no place. Anti-immigrant sentiments have no place. And until we start looking at each other as human beings as opposed to something that's quite different from us and realize that we're actually a lot more the same than we realize, then we're going to keep having this problem. And I'm going to keep having to lecture like this. And I don't like doing it. And it doesn't mean that I'm perfect and I'm right in any way, shape, or form. That's not what I am suggesting. But damn it, we need to open our eyes to what is happening to us and how we're being manipulated on a daily basis. Because that's what this is. It's manipulation based on fear. Everybody needs to see what's happening and stand up to it and battle back and get us back to what we're supposed to stand for. As Ronald Reagan said, that shining city on the hill, that beacon of freedom, that place that other people look at as a welcoming, opportunity-filled place. We're never going to be perfect as a nation. We're never going to be perfect as a world or as a society. That's never going to happen. But we can be better, and we won't get better until we get over this fear and this ignorance and bigotry. I know that all of you listening to me right now agree that this is something that we need to address. It starts out at the highest levels. We need stronger condemnations than to say that our thoughts and prayers go out to these people and will offer assistance. How about a recognition as to the rhetoric and the types of things that are inspiring this kind of action and are making people afraid? I don't care how you win votes, if you're doing it honestly, on policy discussions, if you're talking about what needs to happen, what needs to change. But when you're making up numbers, you're making up figures in an effort to scare people, you're making up fake national emergencies in an effort to scare people, I draw the line there. I think everybody else should too. Because we can't have this happen again. Now another thing that I wanted to address today was the fact that these killers and murderers were able to live stream this stuff on a number of platforms today, a number of social media platforms. They could not get them shut down fast enough. The videos have spread. There's a whole bunch of people that have been able to see this. And I don't care who you are. Watching somebody being killed for real is a difficult, difficult thing to do. And a lot of people saw it. And a lot of people are sharing it. And a lot of the right-wing extremists out there are sharing it with glee today. And that's something that we need to worry about as well. I use Facebook Live myself for a lot of my broadcasts. And it's a great way to reach people. They seem to enjoy it. But I don't think that any of the social media platform engineers ever envisioned it being used for something like this. To watch live carnage. And then not have the power to actually do anything to stop the dissemination of that footage. There is a genie that has been let out of the bottle when it comes to social media and the spreading of bad ideas. And I think social media has done more good than it has done harm. But I still think that there's got to be a way that this kind of thing cannot be done the way that it was. So there are now three men in custody that are responsible for these horrific shootings in New Zealand. People disseminate for days why they did what they did, but they made it very, very clear why they did what they did. Hatred. Bigotry. Fear. It's that simple. We all need to do something to put that stuff back in its place. To somehow, somehow find a way to stuff that genie back in that bottle and put a cork in it for good. I still have high hopes for our society. I still have high hopes for what the future holds for humanity. 
I firmly believe that we can be better than we are right now. We're going through a bit of a backpedaling right now. A dark period. I think we'll get through it. But it's going to take all of us. None of us can stand silent any longer. It is time to confront it. It is time to recognize it for what it is. It's evil. I've had enough. I hope you have too.